This is the Muscles and Management Podcast, where we build your body and your business. Talking all things training, sports performance, and business for athletes and aspiring coaches to enhance your training and better your career. Muscles and Management is brought to you by Challenger Strength with your host, Jerry DeFilippo. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 206 of the Muscles and Management Podcast. Back again this week to talk a couple different things. Actually, I'd say a couple. One specific video that I posted this week uh, that I think has a lot for us to get into. And then we're going to get to some tweets and some of your questions, as always. Mike with us again, as usual. Mike, welcome back. How are you? Good. It's good to be here. For sure. So um, we were touching on just recently before we started recording what we could talk about this week. Um, and I said, I said, I thought that the, I was looking through my videos. That's usually what I do is I look through like anything that I've posted, um, on TikTok, Instagram, whatever, like what's interesting or what was something that got a lot of traction or comments or buzz or whatever. Um, and I forgot that I had posted, um, this whole can't, can't teach speed video last Friday. And, um, it, it went off on all platforms, honestly. Um, and you made a good point that that probably would be enough for us just to talk about that. Cause that might take <laughs> a while to, to unpack, um, how that whole thing happened was, I kind of like to give you guys a little background on like where these come from. Um, I was, I think it was, did I post it on Friday? No, I posted it on a Thursday last week. It was a Thursday. Okay. So I was, um, we've been closed on Fridays, as I've mentioned, uh, on the previous shows. And basically, um, I'll go from the gym on Thursday night and I'll drive down to South Jersey. My parents are there by the shore. Nice weekend, blah, blah, blah. The point I'm getting at is the drive down there gives me a lot of time to think. And I was just thinking about like, you know, I, I hate this dated mindset we have. And it's not even just, you know, related to speed of just like, oh, if you're not born with it, you can't develop it and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I get it. Like your genetics are going to limit you a bit. Like, you know, not every person is genetically equipped to run a four three forty. It's just it's just facts, right? But yeah. I still don't think that that means that you can't teach speed or velocity with throwing or jump height. Like if you can develop it, you're teaching it, right? Like, and and I think you know I put out this tweet saying like I think you can't teach speed is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, and like you know listed the five or six things you can do to build your speed and. That got like, I'm not even joking. They got like 600 likes or, or it was at least a few hundred in the first couple of hours. So I was like, damn, like, I think I got to make a video on this. Right. Mm-hmm. So that same night, I'm like, all right, I'm going to strike while the iron tie. Like I'm chomping at the video, kind of like I described with the, uh, the sky more video where I was kind of just like, I got to go do this now, even though it's midnight. Yeah. Um, so like at nine, eight, 9 PM on Thursday night, I'm like, I, I start making this video. So I was like, all right, like, you know, let me put the caption in there. I think, you know, you can't teach speed is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. And I'll put like, you know, certain ways you can develop it. And I mean, it's gotten so much good feedback. It's gotten so many views, so many likes, so many shares. So like TikTok metrics are interesting. I've been like kind of learning a little bit on what they mean. And all I know is that like, I think two of the most important metrics you can get on TikTok are the amount of shares it gets. So like how many times someone like saw it and like sent it to somebody. Yep. And then how many times it was saved, right? Bookmarked, yeah. Yeah. So now let me put this in perspective. The Patrick Mahomes video, that's my most viral video ever. That's got like 2 million views and 300,000 likes on TikTok. That video was 
only, I say only in, in comparison, was only shared 1,900 and something times. Yep, 1,800 times. Yeah, you, 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 okay, so you, you pull, I have it pulled like up. It. Yep. Mike's a numbers guy. So now click on click on the, the You Can't Teach Speed video that I just posted. Now keep in mind, the Mahomes video was posted in, I think, April. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 4,800 shares. Yeah. So a couple things. One, I think I'm, I'm going to be in for like another crazy little spike on that video sometime soon. Um, yeah. Because that's what the Mahomes video did. The Mahomes video did pretty well in the beginning. And then like two or three weeks after I posted it, it just started going bananas. Like mm-hmm. I, my phone was going insane. Um, so I, I think like just to put it in perspective of like how much people related to the video and thought it was helpful, like it's at almost near 5,000 shares in like five days, six days, whatever it is. Um, so like a lot of positivity, but as always, people have to nitpick, right? So yeah. like a lot of are like, who, who, stupid shit, like who's ever said that? I've never heard it. I'm like, it's one of the most common expressions like anyone ever says. Um, yeah, but like genetics or genetics, you're not going to teach Tom Brady to run a 4-3. Like, all right, like I don't think that's what I'm saying. And a lot of people are like, people don't mean you can't get faster. They mean you can't teach like pure genetically like Olympic level speed. But a lot of people, yes, some people mean that, but a lot of people still have this mindset. And that was my overall goal. Like people like to throw the baby out with the bathwater in the sense of like my my premise was here's this is my response to the people that think you can't develop or, or develop an, an, a, a, a big amount of speed. Like here's my response to you. And people took it as like, you know, getting super nitpicky. And I said throwing the baby out with the bathwater is in like, all right, so like consider the bathwater to be like, oh, like when people say that they mean – you know, you can't teach four three or you can't do this, whatever. And they just they just end up throwing the entire argument out of the way, saying it's a stupid argument to say you can develop speed because they go on, they want to nitpick. And I think like that was the biggest thing I found to be super funny on the whole thing was like you put a video out there and you give six good tips to get faster and people still find a way to complain. So it's yeah. like I don't know. I I mean if, even if you want to strip away the fact that you disagree with the whole you can't teach speed part of the argument, it was still six good tips to get faster, right? Yeah. So essentially it was like loaded sled sprints, max effort sprints twice a week, uh, get stronger. And I mentioned trap bar deadlifting, like, you know, two and a half to three times your body weight for some people can be helpful. Um, I mentioned getting your ankles and calves and feet more resilient with pogo jumps and, and all that kind of shit. So whatever. Um, and then I think focusing on top speed mechanics. So people obviously had a lot to say, a lot of people had a good positive things to say. A lot of comments were like, dude, literally posted five to six things to help you get faster. And you still find a way to complain. And it's just funny. Um, but you know, what's crazy. That's just TikTok, Instagram and Twitter really positive because all my followers on Instagram or Twitter are like educated coaches and athletes. Right. So I, Mike and I thought it'd be funny if he read some of the comments on this post. Um, firstly, thank you to everybody that shared it or interacted with it. I'm glad it resonated with you. And um, I, I'm just having a really good time growing on TikTok. I think we're about to hit 25,000 followers already on there. Um, and I don't see it really stopping. I, I said it multiple times. I think TikTok will end up taking over my Twitter as my most followed um, social media for, account. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's just, it's cool. Cause like I'm getting to the point now, Mike, where like, 
I can start to put stuff up there that doesn't have to catch people's eyes because I have a bigger base audience. Mm-hmm. And if it's just good and it makes sense, it gets exposure and it gets likes and stuff. Like, so I got to the point now, like I'm on that point with Twitter. Like I can put up really basic stuff that's helpful and it gets a lot of exposure because people like view me as this, you know, bigger quote unquote, I hate this word, but influencer, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. So it's cool that I'm getting to the point now where I could share just more basic, helpful stuff on TikTok because I built up a little of a base. Yep. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I've been having fun on there. So thank you guys for supporting that. I also have noticed that I'm going to, I'm starting to get, be able to get a little bit away from just the football stuff. Mm-hmm. When I first started posting on TikTok, I used a couple of football highlights and it like seemed to have like stuck me in the niche of football. Um, <laughs> so like people are asking for different content. I'm getting some people that are asking for baseball questions. So like I'm starting to shift the page more to just general performance training, which has been mm-hmm. fun. Um, cause it gives me more to talk about. And obviously like, you know, I do train some football players, but like I do a lot of stuff with hockey and baseball. So it would be nice to be able to get into some of that. Um, so anyway, Mike, let's get through some of these, these comments on here or anything that you think that is good. Uh, could be positive comments, negative comments, funny comments that I said, just funny things back to people. Cause I stopped trying to argue with people on there. I just like make jokes back at them cause they're assholes. Um, well, yeah. And and truthfully, I have to scroll. Uh, there's a couple here, but most of the ones that are argumentative are ones that no one... Because you know how they pull the most liked comments to the top? Yes. Most of the most liked comments at the top are either like some satire, like some like sarcasm, like clear sarcasm. Like, can you teach a 320-pounder to run a Yeah, that guy follows me. I think he was just trying to yeah, fuck around. He t- totally is just joking. Yeah. Um, But like most of them are actually... So one that was like actually had some a couple people respond was a uh, deadlift. One is a miss in my opinion. Yeah. So I think I just replied back. Why? Yep. Uh, and I think like you, you only have so much that you can explain in a video. Yeah. Like I'm not going to lie to you, Mike, you got to play to what people want. If you want to build up your following. Yeah. And people don't want to just see a deadlift that says get strong. They want a number. Yeah. So I put three times your body weight. Right. Yeah. And that's not saying that guarantees you. It was one of six things. Mm-hmm. And if I had to pick one to leave off there, if you told me pick five of these six, that would have been the one I didn't put on the list. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But getting stronger does help some people and does have some carryover in like acceleration. And, you know, there have been a lot of studies out there that say that, you know, even your naturally fast gifted people, you know, they recruit motor units at such a high level. If you put them on a trap bar, they're going to pull an insane amount of weight. Right. When you're dealing with younger athletes or you're dealing with athletes that are slow, you know, pulling more, adding a hundred pounds to your 300 pound deadlift, going from 300 to 450 at 160 pounds of body weight is going to be pretty big for you in acceleration. So that was the only point I was trying to make. Um, People say it's a miss because it's a strength related thing when it comes to building speed. But like, I think they just try to assume too much in the sense of like, me saying that's like one of the most important things to do. Like, no, it's just like, yeah, getting stronger could help you. So I'm going to put that on the list. But like, if I had to pick out of the six things, one to go away, it would have been that one. Sure. Because it's not um, going to help everybody. And it's not like a definite, like I know people that yeah. are really fast that can't deadlift three times their body weight. Yeah, of course. But it could help you. Like it's not, I don't think it's ever going to necessarily hurt. The only, only way it'll hurt you is if you start focusing on that too much and you're not doing other things that are important because you're focusing on it too much. Right. Um, my favorite bad comment so far is just 
no, it's not. I can do this. And Tyreek Hill cannot get off the couch for six months. And he would still beat me by 20 yards on a deep ball. <laughs> yeah. Well, no shit, dude. First of all, six months, <laughs> six months isn't going to outdo an out, a lifetime of his work. And people don't realize like as genetically gifted as he is, he works really hard. Right. Like Tyreek is one of the most active content posters of professional athletes. Like if you go on his YouTube page, there's just tons of stuff of him training. So, like, him just not doing anything for six months and you training a lot for six months, like, of course, yeah, he's got better genes than you. But, like, that's not – that 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 is one example. doesn't mean I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're – you are still going to get faster in that few months. And that was another thing, too. It's like you, de- you, got, you develop speed. You didn't teach them how to be faster. I'm like, if I look at you and I say, here are your mechanics right now, there's four major things you're doing wrong, and I get you better. I teach you a better way to do those four things. Did I not teach you how to get faster? Right. <laughs> yeah, obviously. So I just really don't understand that thought process. Like, why Why do we have to go to that extreme, right? Like, I'm clearly just trying to make a point. I'm clearly just trying to use that quote to make the point that, like, people think you cannot develop speed, or some people still think that, and I disagree. And here's me proving that there's a way to, to do it. For sure. so I think, you know, I, I really do think that, you know, it, it's just people trying to find anything to argue with. I really, people, people want to argue. They want controversy. They want to comment something and be like, oh, this guy's wrong. Fuck this guy. Like, said it last week. Like, everyone's saying red, 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 red. I'm going to say blue just to stand out. Yep. Hi there, John. Is that your name? (laughs) Whatever. Are you currently listening to a marketing or business podcast? Then you should check us out. Add to the bone. It's about digital advertising, ad tech, and programmatic advertising. Trust me, one episode would already make you sound smart. I mean, smarter. Click this ad or search us up on your favorite podcasting app. Are you add to the bone? Then you should join us now. Um, yeah, I mean, the rest are kind of all the same. They're either positive. What's up? A lot of it's all the same shit. Like, people just need it for no reason. Yeah. Um, did you like my video I put up this week with, like, I don't know if you saw it, the one I put on TikTok of me saying, like, um, all the screenshots of, of things and saying, like, uh, comments and people saying like, "Oh, this dude, who is he? Like, this guy doesn't know anything to have to do with high level sports." And I put screenshots up of like messages for someone who's never played or never been part of top level sports. You have an opinion? Yeah, and I made I made a video just dunking on everybody. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I think that I'm curious to see as you get, you know, I I do think, you know, especially with the trajectory that you're on on TikTok, it will, as you said, overtake your Twitter Twitter following, at least at the moment. And I'm curious as it gets bigger, what percent of like what the comment ratios look like from trolls to people appreciating it. Cause I'm just, as, as you get more people seeing it, I just assume there'll be more people who don't know what the heck's going on. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, well my ultimate goal was to build up an account with 500,000 a million followers that could combat the bigger accounts that pose absolute bullshit. Yeah, 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 for sure. So 
yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. What do you think? I think that's enough on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're good. Um, go to some Twitter. Did I say, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, hold on. I'm looking at my videos from this week. Um, oh yeah. Let me just touch on this real quick. Um, only one person said this, so I don't want to put too much attention to it, but like mm-hmm. I put the video up with the icing about if icing's a myth. Yes. And you know, I put in the caption on Instagram disclaimer, this is not medical advice. Always seek out a physical therapist or a doctor, a physician. And then I put mm-hmm. it at the end of the video as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone I know who I've had, like always had great conversations with comments on the video saying like, always consult your physician or PT, whatever. And I commented back like, yeah, awesome. Like I have that in the caption and in the video, right? Yeah. And then I get a DM saying like, it's good that you edited the caption. I'm like, no, I didn't edit it. Like here's a screenshot. If it said, if if it was edited, it would say edited next to it. Like I, it was in there the whole time. So then it, yeah, shifted yeah, from, yeah. it shifted from, I didn't have it in the caption. So, well, even if you did like, you know, that's not your expertise. I went to school for this for a couple of years as an athletic trainer, whatever. I'm like, do I need to go to school to just take studies that are done by really educated people and talk about them? Right. <laughs> like, do I need to go to school to put up a, a post when the, uh, literally the guy that came up with the rice method retracted and said he wasn't right in 2015. Like all I said was not injuries. I'm not talking if you tear your fucking ACL and get rehab. I'm saying like, if you have a nagging hamstring or do whatever, like, Icing, it's probably not the best thing to do. Icing people overrate a little bit. And everything wants, everyone wants to just do ice for when they're hurt. Like, maybe there's a better way. Here are some studies that talk about this. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, you have a big following. So, like, a kid could see that and then start to doubt or ask questions on what their athletic trainer or their PT is doing. I'm like, oh, so, like, no matter what the content is, we should just not educate people let them keep their head buried in the sand so they don't question you. Because I was like, I know a couple PTs and ATs that I've ran in across my time of doing this that are really bad. And it's not me making the assessment that they're bad. It's like people I know that are ATs or PTs saying that they're bad. So like if a kid questions you as to why every time they come to see you for their injury, you just have them lie on a table with ice on, then I think I made the world a better place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Lord knows that that's like, if you want to use ice, it's one thing, but like there are people out there that just throw kids on a stem with ice on their leg and say, here, this is your recovery, or this is your, um, your rehabilitation from your injury. Like everything that I've been taught by PTs and ATs I work with, that that is not the right way to go about things. So if me putting my post up makes a kid look at their lazy AT that just has them do that at college, then I think I did a good thing. And, you know, I just think that like, I don't know. Like, I don't owe anybody anything. Like, it's my following. Like, I can do whatever I want with it. And, like, I think it's just rich to say that to me of all people that, like, goes out of their way to put up, you know, science-based stuff. Um, And then the last part of that, too, was, like, I was, like, first of all, my main premise when I posted on Twitter the first time was about pitchers icing their arms. And I'll say, I hate to break this to you, but I'd be more likely to to, to listen to the really, really good pitching coach that understands um, movement and demands of the arm and and adaptations they're seeking and things like that on whether or not a pitcher is going to ice than some like 24 year old athletic trainer who just graduated school that works with all athletes. You're no expert in pitching. Yeah. So like you're telling the kid to put ice on his shoulder and they see my post and say, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Yeah. I want them to question you on that. Right. For sure. I don't give a shit. They should question you. And yeah, I'm going to lean more towards the, the world-class 
world-renowned pitching coach and understands like the biomechanics of throwing on whether or not a pitcher should ice his arm over an AT that works with athletes from eight different sports. You're not a pitching expert. You're not a shoulder expert. Now, if you're a 15-year veteran of, of working with baseball players and you have your takes on it, that's great, 100%. But if I'm going to go from a, a perspective of like an inexperienced athletic trainer or one that's worked for a couple of years and hasn't specialized in baseball, I'm odds are going to listen to the the really high level pitching coach about whether or not the pitcher should ice their arm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that just that, uh, you know, that just really um, that just really gets people sometimes. Yeah, I think that it's silly to take this high horse stance of like needing well it's just, it's no different than i mean i guess it's a little different but for me it's the same kind of song of well you've never been a pro athlete so why are you giving this advice like it's not like you're even really giving i mean i read the tweet and the video and watched the video like you're not like even really giving your own personal yeah, said, opinion you're, 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 you're just referencing studies. you're just referencing studies you know so but like even the, the guy who said it himself about rice that's all i said yeah all right let's do uh what do we well want? that was that was one of the tweets i wanted to do so that's oh. a good transition to like just tweets so that was our first tweet we can just say um yeah, i was like are you, it was like are you ice, having your baseball players still ice your arms might be time to rethink it all i said was rethink it i didn't say stop doing it i didn't say you're an idiot don't ever do it again. I didn't say any of that. And I just literally posted um, two screenshots from a study about rice and how, you know, there's all these different mechanisms of healing when it comes to um, what ice can do to stunt those processes and why. And I also know that not icing your arm is becoming a more prominent thing in baseball. So I thought it was something good to talk about. Yeah. No, no. Sure. Like I said, I wasn't like, don't do it anymore. You're a moron. No, you literally didn't even put like a, you didn't, you didn't even give like a call to action. It was just like, do you still have them ice? And like, did you know that this guy retracted? And then you like link the study afterwards. Like it was very just open-ended. So, yeah. So yeah. that's all, that's all I have to say about that. All right. Let's do another tweet. Um, You might have to explain this slightly, but it, got a lot of likes and a bunch of retweets so it's the video of um uh this lateral uh, it's like a pogo and then a lateral jump do you know which one for baseball do you know what i'm talking yes, about yes i just posted okay. this yesterday yeah yep so i think these are something all baseball players should do the backside involvement and the movement across the frontal plane is highly elastic reactive in baseball it's not so much of a push as people think these help create that feel with the pogo prior to the lateral jump. And I'll just explain, try to explain it. It's a one footed pogo. When they land the pogo, they're then doing like a push off to a lateral jump to the opposite foot. If I explain that good enough. Yeah. So basically um, what I have learned from the pitching coaches that I have talked to is that everyone thinks of drop drive, like press into the ground off your backside and all that other stuff. And hitting wise, like push into your back leg. And like, what you really start to learn is that like with hitting, for example, like when you try to press into your backside, you shift to your quad a lot and you don't load your um, hamstring and glute. And it starts to cause some issues. Whereas like, it's more, it's more reactive and quick and elastic where it just works with the ground. Almost if like when you land from a plyometric, right. Mm -hmm. And it's not mm -hmm. like you're pushing. It's just kind of like dynamically working with the ground. And like with pitching, when you do your wind up and you get onto that leg, again, it's not like they, they, they tell me that they don't cue people to think of a push. You just have to push with your back leg. You rush your mechanics and everything. Like 
the leg kind of just makes contact with the ground as you're loading onto it. And it just like fires and it's more rapid. So I like the thought of doing like a, a pogo jump into a lateral jump or a drop off into a lateral jump because it kind of puts an involuntary load on the leg. Involuntary mm-hmm. meaning like when you make contact with the ground dropping off, like it, it, it forces a quick contraction um, and stretch reflex of the muscles that drives you um, across the front of the plane. So when you do that pogo jump into the lateral jump, it becomes less of the athlete thinking of like a regular lateral jump. They might load onto that backside and push as hard as they can. Mm-hmm. The pogo jump into it makes them land and be more reactive and quick into it so that they're getting across the frontal plane with less of a push and more of like a quick stretch reflex into the movement. So that's why I like that. Yeah. Makes sense. What um, else you got for me? Do you want to, do you want to move over to questions or do you want to do it one more? I think I have three pretty in-depth questions. So let's sit on those. Yeah, let's do those. That's kind of what I was thinking too. All right. So here we go. This one's from James. Uh, actually, hold on. Sorry. That was I'm scrolling too far. All right, Thomas. Um, so it's going to be, you'll have to explain it, but it looks like this is from your Instagram story. And Oh, yeah, I know. I can help. Yeah. So it's, yes. it's someone doing a, a dumbbell bench with neutral grip. So like top to bottom hand position versus like on the way out. Yep. And they just asked why neutral grip. Very interested. Love the TikTok content. Yeah. I mean, I really much, you know, tell a lot of the athletes, like whatever they're comfortable with is fine with me. So if they're comfortable neutral, that's fine. If they're comfortable, um, in more of a standard, uh, you know, wide grip, that's fine. Uh, I do like to do neutral sometimes just cause like my hockey and baseball players, like you're getting a little bit less of a stretch on the anterior part of the shoulder. Um, you know, and I think it also is a little bit harder stability wise. It was something I was worried more, way more about a couple of years ago than I do now. Like I said, now it's more like whatever you're comfortable with. And if a kid wanted to go with that regular wider, like regular traditional bench grip, excuse me, I have no problem with it. Um, it used to be my thought, like, oh, protect the shoulder, go neutral grip, less of a stretch. Like, I got to be honest with you, like, you know, my my thought process on even just barbell bench for for baseball players has changed, like, over the last three to four years. So it was something I used to worry more about from that standpoint. And now I don't really care about it as much anymore. So for me, it's become more of like a, what are you comfortable with type thing? Mm-hmm. I will say that like when you're dealing with a younger athlete who has maybe some stability type issues, when you go with that wider grip, when they come down super deep with their elbows, like it does become a problem sometimes because they get super disconnected from their body. So sometimes sure. that neutral grip is a little bit better for control as it keeps them a little closer to the vest, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe a reason why, but like, otherwise, um, you know, I, I don't really care too much. It's like, again, whatever's comfortable because the kids themselves ask me, what would you rather? And I'm like, whatever you're comfortable with, if you could, if, if you could perform the movement, well, I'm fine with it. Some younger athletes, I might go neutral grip just so, like I said, it's a little bit closer to their center of mass, their body for the stable stability component. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it, it's not a tremendous thing I care about too, too much. Okay. Cool. All right, let's go. This is ProCare Athletic Performance is their account. Hey, coach, big fan of the work. Love the application of fundamental evidence-based training and cutting through the fluff that's out there. And then he just wanted to ask, question regarding depth drop volume prescription. We generally hit about 30 uh, 30 contacts three times a week during our foundational period. 
How often and how many contacts do you recommend for depth drops during the foundational period when we acclimate the athlete? Yeah, it's a good question. So, I mean, 30, so for argument's sake, if we're doing depth jumps from a foundational point and we're doing a work capacity cycle and we're kind of just trying to build the base, I like to do sets of six, um, three to four, so anywhere from 18 to 24 jumps. Um, if you ended up doing it twice, you're getting around 36 contacts. So um, on, on two legs, if we go and start adding in single legs, I probably drop the um, bilateral drops to, to two sets. So you're getting 12 contacts there and then one to two each side on the single leg. So you're either going to get six each side or 12 each side, which again, gets you roughly um, to that number. And then as we get more intense and the height starts to go up, I get, I like to go sets of two to three. Um, so I'm talking like higher drop height, no pause on landing and all that kind of stuff. We're going to go two to three versus, um, you know, upwards of six on the lower intensity, but higher volume ones is generally where I like to keep it. Um, I mean, I don't, I think 30 is a pretty good number. I think it could go a little lower, could be a little higher. I also think a lot of it just depends on how you're progressing the athlete. So like maybe go two sets week one and give them 12 contacts and then build up from there. Like, I don't think you want to get, um, super crazy, like 30 contacts in uh, a week for the first time they're doing, it might be a lot. So maybe you go like 18 to 20 and you build up from there. And then, like I said, we're going to just drop it down as the heights get higher and the landing intensities a bit more. Mm -hmm. Cool. Got one more. Yeah. One more from Nate. Good morning. Do you know of any good resources for beginning strength training with kids around six and seven? All I can find is two to three times a week for about 30 minutes with eight to 15 reps, no max lifting. Just hoping I'd find something slightly more specific advice. Uh, oh, slightly more specific advice, if any, is out there. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, a lot of people have had success with, you know, 20 rep, um, 20 rep sets, like one by 20. It's like a new thing that or not a new thing, but it's more popular now. So like, I wouldn't say flat off the bat that like doing 15 reps is going to be wrong, but I will say that like, in my belief, you know, athletes, young athletes respond a lot better to the lower repetition patterns. Like I've said on previous episodes, because, you know, they're less likely to get more gains out of hypertrophy face work focused work than they do out of more maximal strength motor recruitment stuff. So like, don't think of one to five reps as max lifting, max lifting will be stacking as much weight as you can on the bar, just trying to let it rip. Think mm -hmm. of like one to five reps with like controlled, three, five, seven, and 10 second tempos per repetition. So you're able to go a little bit heavier, but, and, and build some more force production such motor unit recruitment ability, but you're not just trying to rip as much weight as possible. You're working on tempo control and solidifying mechanics. Yeah. Um, so like, that's what I would say there. Like, I do think people have shown that, you know, one by 20 get some good results in young athletes, but we've also gotten some really good results um doing one to five rep work in terms of like just building some massive strength um on young athletes and i think the eccentric part of it's the key and just thinking like you know one to five reps again doesn't mean just maxing out like it's not what it means at all like there's a certain way to you know hit one rep at a comfortable weight that's heavy and it's not maxing out because it's not like you know the form's still really good and you get it you know um with a little bit more ease than you would on a max effort one rep type pull or push or whatever it is so uh, I think that'd be my take on that is don't be afraid to get into those one to five reps, because if you do it the right way, it can be beneficial. Obviously there's a lot of data uh, research and um, studies out there that, that debunk the claim of stunting linear growth um, with heavier lifts. So uh, that's my 
my take on that. Um, I mean, I think you can get benefits from both. I guess just kind of see what works better for you and what they enjoy more. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am on that. Cool. Got anything else for us? I think that's it. I mean, I'm pretty happy with that. We got to a lot. Um, as always guys, feedback, uh, let us know what you think, share anything that you find valuable. And I didn't mention earlier in the show, but you know, continue to subscribe to the newsletter. Yeah. Um, it's, it just continues to roll out every week and I think it's going really well. I think we're up to like 2,500 subscribers almost. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, stay, stay tuned on that. It can be easily accessed on my Twitter page. Um, to subscribe is, is right there on the top. There's a link. Um, and that goes out every week. So like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, you know, keep hitting me with questions. I love to answer them on here and uh, we'll keep it rolling. But Mike, have anything else to add? That's it. That's all I got. All right, guys. Uh, I will talk to you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Muscles and Management brought to you by Challenger Strength. I'm your host, Jerry DiFilippo, signing off from the show that's changing how we view sports performance, training, and business.